This is Graphically Novel, a podcast by three brothers who like each other but love comic books. I'm Jamie. I'm Sam. I'm Josh. And on this episode, we're reviewing one of Sam's picks. Uh, Sam, defend yourself. Step up to the bar. Okay. So this week we're doing Spider-Man Volume 1, Back to Basics. And I really, I am going to defend myself because it was a Daredevil pick. So that's how I picked it. It's like, I like Spider-Man. It's had an awesome cover. And I didn't even read the description, <laughs> the summary or nothing. It was like, I just went off the cover. <laughs> I don't think it would have helped you. I don't think it would have happened either. So <laughs> that's why we're doing this one this week. So we was on this ride together. <laughs> I think I threw it by the end. Um, <laughs> time for Live action Batman grades. Our eccentric grading scale based on the men who have thus far played Batman in live action. And that scale from best to worst is Bill Affleck, Keaton West, Kilmer, and poor George Clooney. Josh, what is your live action Batman grade? Man, I did not want to go first. Uh, I'm, I'm giving this one an Affleck. Really? I enjoyed it. I had fun with it. Uh, it. It's got some flaws that I'm sure we'll talk about, but I, I had a lot of fun with it. Okay. Um, I was the only I was the only one of us who had read this before. Um, I'm going Clooney. I hated this the first time I read it. I hate it even more this time. Really? Yeah. I, There's nothing I like about this book except the color. Yeah. The coloring's awesome. I think yeah. it's Laura Martin. She knocked the coloring out of the park. I hated everything else. <laughs> All right. <laughs> you want to the middle? <laughs> I went west. I'm still in the bottom <laughs> half. I was like, I wanted to give it more. We'll, we'll get into why it was such a low grade, but I feel like this week it deserves it. I can't believe Josh gave an app. Like I was, I was <laughs> completely shocked when I heard that come out of his mouth. I was like, I. Well, some of us are men of discernment, and good taste, and then there's Josh. I, I, I had thought about giving it to Keaton, uh, Jamie, but you had mentioned you had read it before and you were excited to talk about it. So I'm like, well, Jamie, you oh, must it's... love it. I was like, oh, I'll I'm... give a little great I'm 100% point. excited to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have anything nice to say. <laughs> I'll say some nice things about it, man. <laughs> All right. <laughs> this is the only Clooney I've ever given. I think I even gave Blackout a Kilmer. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> They don't come often. <laughs> it's right. probably first Clooney. Yeah. I think Josh has given a Clooney before. Josh. Yeah, I'm yeah. pretty sure. Yeah, he hands them out. He don't care. <laughs> this is going to be fun. I didn't expect anybody to give it a good grade. <laughs> I thought I was going to be the high one, so. Fair enough. All right. Let's see how this goes. Uh, here are the creator credits. Uh, it's written by Nick Spencer. Uh, penciled by Ryan Otley, Humberto Ramos. He did the Mysterio story, the little extra bit into the first issue. Uh, it was inked by Cliff uh, Rathburn uh, with Ryan Otley doing pages 13 through 20 of issue 5. Victor Olazaba did the Mysterio story. Uh, the colors by Laura Martin and El- Edgar Delgado did the Mysterio story. Uh, the color assistance on issue 4 was Pete uh, Pantazis, I guess. Sorry, Pete. Uh, and Jason Smith. Uh, letters by VCs Joel Caramagna. And cover art was by Ryan Otley and Laura Martin. And this ends the part of the show that is safe from all that spoiler radiation. 
after the spoiler clacks and it's four spoilers ahead, venture on at your own risk. And uh, honestly, I don't care if you read this book or not. I would recommend not reading it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so if you didn't turn off the, at the clacks and you've read this thing, only Josh thinks you need to bother. Yeah, Josh does. <laughs> All right, it's time for the bite size breakdown. <laughs> Josh, go with that issue number one you loved so much. I did love. Issue one was an oversize, and I think there was like five or six pages of prequel before the. I don't know what was going on. That There's was a from lot the, of issue one. That was the uh, Marvel puts out those free comic book day books. They're like half and half, and that was mm-hmm. the half that was the Spider Man story from Free Comic Book Day. Gotcha. All right, so this is going to be a little all over the place. I apologize. But we open with a scene of Spider-Man stopping Boomerang and some other baddies after they've robbed the Natural History Museum. And then Peter becomes roommates with an in-the-dark Boomerang that know Peter Spider-Man. Tensions are rising in the apartment, and then we get a flashback of Spider-Man receiving the key to the city from Mayor Fisk, who's trying to make Spider-Man feel isolated from the other heroes. Present time, Peter goes to a press conference at his old college where they're testing a device that can determine if a paper was plagiarized or not. Of course, they tested on Peter and determined he copied Otto Octavius, except at the time he was Otto. And he ends up getting fired, and Aunt May is very disappointed. Spider-Man then stops a huge attack by Mysterio, who gets arrested, and in the courtroom appears to have a hallucination about a purple guy from hell. Peter gets a chance to clear his name with the college by working with Dr. Connors. The lizard. Yep, that happened. No, um, all that happened. And more. <laughs> I left a lot out. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wasn't even expecting anybody to do that free comic book day part. So uh, I'm not sure if my hat's off to you or that was overkill. Um, issue, issue two, a normal sized issue. Spidey breaks up a robbery at a book fair. And Nick Spencer thought that was hilarious. Uh, Pete is reconnecting with MJ. He gets an offer to go back to school, and while there, Taskmaster and the Black Ant try to steal some tech. Spidey stops him, but in the process, he gets scienced in half. Now there is a Pete and a Spidey. All right. So, issue three. Peter takes MJ Bowling when a tri-sentinel attacks the city. MJ tells Peter he needs to go, but he doesn't need to go because Spider-Man is already there. There is a flashback to when Taskmaster tried to steal the isotope genome accelerator. That is when Peter and Spider-Man became two different people. They decided to make sure it was really them and do some scientific tests. Rock the paper scissors. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so they, they did, uh, where was that? I lost it. And then they get three, I'm sorry, I lost it. <laughs> Nick Spencer lost the thread too, don't worry about it. <laughs> it, it says, uh, make sure it's really them that said they, they agreed to live as Peter and the other as Spider-Man. So while Spider-Man is fighting in the Tri-Sentinel, Peter sees Doc Connors. Connor tells Pete that they were, they were testing accelerated on a lab rat and that it, it's caused them to split and the rats were having side effects. Spider-Man finally has control of the Tri-Sentinel and crash lands, maybe. Death is one heck of a side effect. <laughs> yeah. Well, that hasn't happened yet. They're having other side oh, effects. Sorry, I, I didn't yeah. care to memorize the plot details anyway josh go ahead issue four uh, are we on issue four now yeah <laughs> okay so issue four opens with mendel strom trying to watch an instructional cd on owning operating a tri-sentinel 
we then see that Spider-Man has commandeered the earlier Tri-Sentinel, now called the Spider-Bot, and is using it to stop crime and create a lot of collateral damage. Peter and Spider-Man are drifting further apart, and when Peter confronts him about the dangers of staying separated, it's revealed that Spider-Man doesn't remember Uncle Ben. Peter learns from Doc Connors that the mice they tested the separation procedure on have died, and the process is not safe. Mendelstrom hears a ghost voice that helps him find an army of Tri-Sentinels he can use to attack Spider-Man. Okay, issue five. He tricks Boomerang into stealing the science hoozy for him in the cleverest manner possible. Uh, Strom gets bugged to death, and then the Tri-Sentinel attack begins. Spidey and Pete become one dude again. They do some tech nonsense, send the Sentinel army back where they came from, and they all just blow up for some reason. Also, Spencer keeps setting up a bunch of future storylines. Yes. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't keep my snark out of it. Um, <laughs> this thing, man, it feels like a Mad Magazine parody of a Spider-Man story. Anyway, spoilers for the pyramid. So now it's time for the graphically novel pyramid. The part of the show where we evaluate the book of the week based on the three elements we believe a book has to nail to be a good book. And the first of these is story. Sam, what'd you think of this story? story. Yeah, and and I think that's definitely I, I hate it. This is Spider-Man. It should have a good story. I feel like it's where they dropped the ball on, on this novel. Because like like you just referenced, he sets up so many storylines that he never finishes them. He's got the, the Fisk as a mayor and uh, trying to isolate him. And that's just like a couple pages, and then it goes away. Then you got, uh, wrote them all down here. You got the, the bug Mysterio. guy. Yeah, the bug guy, Mysterio. And then you got uh, Craven. Mysterio. Yeah, Craven, Mendelstrom. Well, they kind of resolved that one. He kind of blowed up. And then the, <laughs> That did get resolved. <laughs> but then you got the, the, the rhino in the very beginning with the, the, New Electro Girl. I mean, there were just a new so Sinister Six. New Sinister Six. The thing killed me though was like with the Fisk one. It started with Fisk and it, how they was working to isolate him from all the other heroes, but they didn't say what what he's actually doing. And then all the all, all the other heroes were hating him. And then he the, the alien attacks happening in the city. And he like, jumps up into one of the portals or whatever and crash lands into Mysterio's spaceship that doesn't go into space. I mean, it, it was just. All over the place. I think if they would like just pick the fifth storyline, the Mysterio uh, storyline, or they could have done the one where he split and had like Lizard and Taskmaster. That would have been a good storyline. Just to focus on one of those as a as a storyline, I think this would have been a lot better. I just think they had too many loose ends everywhere, and it just it actually drove me crazy. If it wasn't for that, this would have been a, a better story. You can do that if you're Chris, if you're Chris Claremont. Yeah, oh, there are only a handful of writers that can keep seeding stuff like that, and you don't get mad about it. Spencer is not Claremont. The thing is, though, like, like if you're going to do that, you still got to thread it in every now and then. You can't just have a hundred different little points and then never, ever, ever mention them again. Like, uh, the only thing that was constant was Boomerang. <laughs> he was a roommate. Like, it started with Boomerang, and it kind of ended with Boomerang when Peter Parker hijacked his van. Like, it was, it was just. So all over the place, it really drove me crazy. And then I, I just, I couldn't give it a good grade because of that. Yeah, and I agree. Obviously, I gave it a way higher grade than you guys, but 
the the story is the worst part of this and i was able to just roll with it and uh it was which kind of one of my points for characters but it was kind of reminded me of like a deadpool story it was kind of all over the place you know there was stuff that didn't make sense i was just rolling with it because i was having fun with it uh but I think the main story of Peter and Spider-Man being separated into two people, like becoming Peter and Spider-Man, I liked that storyline. And, and I thought that was a clever way to, to show the different parts of Peter or Spider-Man, you know, the responsibility side. But also, he's real goofy. So being able to see, like, what would Spider-Man be without the Uncle Ben part, without all the responsibility, and you kind of get a little taste of that. And then, you know, you see what well, he's loses all of his humor and he kind of gets a little too serious. Uh, so I like them really <laughs> separating those characters out into two different people. So I thought that was fun, but yeah, there was just way too much going on. Uh, there really was, they, they should have paired all the stuff out except for maybe boomerang and Mendelstrom and then Peter and Spider-Man becoming two different people. I think if they descend that down and left everything else out, uh, they could have explored a little bit more, uh, in those storylines, and it would have been better. There was too much. But Spencer didn't want to do that. He wanted to tell jokes. That's all he wanted to do. And there there is a good premise in this story. There's the potential for a good story here. He just, he didn't care about it. Um, He just used what was an interesting premise. Like, what what makes Pete Pete? Like, what makes him work as Spider-Man? Like, what what drives him? And if what, what parts are essential, what's not? That's an interesting story. But he didn't. You, he didn't dig into that at all. He was like, "Let's wait. That'll be a funny setup for some funny jokes. Think of a paper, rock, scissors. It'll be the funniest thing ever." That's how. That's how. He's an actual scientist. I mean, Peter Parker is. Not, he's not Tony Stark. He's not Reed Richards. He's a smart guy. He's an actual scientist. He knows how to do science. And the joke. I mean, look. I like a Deadpool story as much as the next guy. I recommend people read Axe Cop and The Adventures of Doctor McNinja. I like a funny book. I mean, Gwenpool's one of my favorite books ever. I can I wrote I like funny books. This just wasn't that funny. Uh, I I didn't laugh at most of the jokes. I groaned. I, I chuckled a few times. There was more groans and eye rolls than there were actual chuckles. And Nick Spencer's not as funny as he thinks he is. He was trying. I think Josh now. I think he was trying to be a Deadpool story here. And Spider Man is not Deadpool. Yeah. Okay. And, and it's also the the frustration of the of the of a wasted premise. Now, this could have been a very good story, and he just didn't he didn't care enough to do it. Now, and I, I and I like Nick Spencer. I mean, I do. I, I've, I've, he did a um, a long run on uh, the two Captain America books. He did the Captain America Sam Wilson story, and the companion book Captain America Steve Rogers. I liked them both. The Sam Wilson book is one of my favorite Captain America runs ever. Uh, I think he he killed it, um, but it wasn't one bad joke after <laughs> it was an actual story he was telling a great story he can do it he just chose not to yeah. no that's those are all good points uh i think my affinity <laughs> for deadpool got some great inflation on this one and i've not read a whole lot of spider spider-man's never been my corner of the marvel universe i just i'm, I'm not a big spider-man guy so you know i've not read all the spider spider-man stories that you guys have that you've got such you know, love for that character and stuff. So for me, it wasn't like, oh, I can't believe he's doing that to Spider-Man. I was just like, all right, we're doing goofy, zany Spider-Man. Cool, I'll roll with it. Because, uh, you know, I like that stuff. If you're not read Spider-Man, I, I, can, I can see you digging it. I mean, it is like a, a Deadpool feel, but Spider-Man does crack jokes when he's fighting villains and stuff. And I think it's a like almost a coping mechanism or a way to 
to distract him from what he's really doing. So he he doesn't do the this yeah, kind it, of stuff all the time. He don't do it, that. Yeah. It's not the qu- the quips I like. I like when he's quippy. The problem is yeah. Nick Spencer made everything a joke. Like he's breaking up a robbery at a book fair. He made yeah. the main villain Mendelstrom and <laughs> made the big thing Tri Sentinels. I mean, yeah. everything was ridiculous. Yeah. Even when they did a double date, he'd like, let's make it funny. Like they're broken up. Isn't that hilarious? I mean, yeah. no, it's not. Sorry, Nick. It's not. Dude. <laughs> so the Tri Sentinels, those didn't exist already? I don't no, know. I Oh, I've never heard of them. I just assume they do. There's so much stuff I don't know that I just assume it's real. Oh, okay. He's bringing Tri Sentinels <laughs> back. That's probably funny. Yeah. I'm sure that was a weird book when that was introduced. I even like I even like Nick Spencer's Secret Empire that everybody else in the world hated. I liked it. I just I don't I don't enjoy when he's trying trying to be funny. I don't think he's we as funny as he thinks he is. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry. I'll, I agree I'll, I'll, I'll try to be nicer. Uh, anything else on story? Nope. Nope. All right. Uh, Josh, what do you think about the art? I, I enjoyed the art. I thought the color was good. I uh, thought the action was easy to follow, and I thought there was good action stuff. Uh, the character designs, well, mostly were just the classic villains. You know, it was their classic costumes and stuff, but they were done well. There wasn't anything, like, wonky. Uh, the... Uh, now, the faces, I thought, were very expressive, but, man, they kind of got all over the place. He couldn't really decide what people looked like. Uh, and it got to the point, I even went back and marked a page I want us to look at. It's uh, page 66. Let's take a look at that. And that's a panel where you have MJ, and I think there's four or five panels. I'm getting it loaded right now. Uh, yeah, there's, like, uh, six panels, and there are six different faces in each of those panels. She's like, got six different noses. She is all, her <laughs> mouth is shaped, her head shaped. I mean, her hair stays the same color. I'll give them that. But overall, she looks like six different people in there. Uh, and that happened a lot. None of those faces are necessarily bad, but I wouldn't call them the same. And, and that kind of happened a lot throughout the whole thing. Uh, like I said, they were expressive, and there really wasn't anything like too misshapen or like lumpy foreheads like we like to uh, bash on. But the uh, well, face I, art like, could have used a little more. But well, overall, I like that style. The color was good. The action was good. I, I didn't really have a lot of knocks on it besides the faces, you know, the people looking different. Well, I'm, I'm going to jump in and back you up on that because um, this is Ryan Otley, who who was the artist on Invincible for a long, long time. and Somewhere after he stopped doing Invincible, before he started working for Marvel, he forgot how to draw mouths. Um, the mouths are weird all through this book. I mean, yeah, I, it was it's strange because I've I've read Invincible. I I mean a lot of Invincible. I, he doesn't draw mouths like this. Um, but like on on page twenty, uh, panel five, and then panel two on that page, Boomerang looks like the Joker on the top of that page, and then. He looks like he needs to go to the bathroom or something on the bottom of it. I mean, it's, it's just it's just strange mouths all over the place. Those are just like two examples on one page. But it's also other thing. The mouths, especially. Like, you know, the face arts, you know, it's hit and miss. I mean, they're a little inconsistent. But the mouths are strange all the way through. It's weird. All the way through. And, and it wasn't just uh, the main characters. Everybody, like Aunt May, I mean, everybody evolved no, nobody was consistent and it, it absolutely drove me crazy and i dinged it a lot 
because of the the face art. But I agree with Josh though. Like the classic Spider-Man design was good. The Rhino. I mean, I thought he killed the Rhino, and then the new Electro Girl, Felicity or whatever her name was. I can't remember now because she had like a page. But you know, overall, I thought it was really good. It was interesting. The Tri Sentinels, even those where they were, was a pretty cool design. I mean. I, like I said, overall, I think the art was good. I just think they really dropped the ball neck up. I, I, think, I didn't care for it at all. They kind of look like Manny faces from Masters of the Universe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I don't think it's what you're looking for in your Spider-Man book. Um, I think Altley does a really good Spider-Man. And he's really good at doing like Spider-Man poses, like the awkward, you know, not quite human things. And he's really good at that. I thought the color work was great. I think it's the best yeah. thing. And I was being snarky before. Well, a little bit. I mean, the only thing, <laughs> only thing I can praise in the book. But, I mean, it's it's outstanding. The, the color work in this book is fantastic. Yeah, I, especially the uh, stuff in the uh, courthouse when we first see the, I guess, who's supposed to be setting up as the big bad guy when he's mysterious, like hallucinating or he's doing whatever. All that was really, really good. I liked that whole scene. Uh and that had some really good color with all the purples and all that stuff. And the creepy stuff was pretty cool in that scene. Yeah. You had the, all of the, the, what's the bug guy's name again? I forget. Also don't care very much. Uh, <laughs> the bug, the, the bug guy. Um, that all looked cool. That storyline is really dumb. And it's one of the reasons I stopped reading the next, I, I hate read this for a while. And then I just quit altogether. <laughs> um, but Hey, I mean, I think I think I got to like issue thirty something. They had never revealed who that guy is. Hey. I mean, he just kept stringing that along. Um, but it looks cool. I mean, it's a it's a really cool character design. They they really ratchet the creep factor. It, that part works. Yep. Yeah. yeah the, the the best part of the pyramid for sure was the art. That was like. Oh. Yeah. yeah. That was yeah. that was that that's that's if you were going to open this, it was just to look at it. Yeah, I said it from the nose up. <laughs> <laughs> nose up and chin down. Ignore the face. Ignore the mouth. Uh, let's talk about the characters. Um, I think I think going going back to what we talked about with the in the story having a good premise, like the the the, the kernel of a good premise is here. It's the same thing for like for for character dynamics. If they had really dug into like what makes what makes Peter Parker tick. Um, why, why does he do the things he does uh, and how, and how that drive to be responsible, how that messes up his life over and over again. If he had really wanted to dig into that, that would have been a great character exploration. And we would have not minded at all if the plot was, um, a little underdeveloped or, you know, or whatever, but he just doesn't play with it very much. Just a very little bit because Spider-Man goes off the rails and he's being goofy and not being responsible. And that's it. Um, but they they could have really dug deep into that and been a really really interesting story. Like there's the there's a lot of potential here that just got completely wasted. And, and that's the thing though, that if they had done the character development like you're talking about and dug into that, I think that would have brought the story around. That, that would have made the story better. Just yeah. having that character development within the story could have made this thing shine. But the the characters in this is Josh even said it, kind of zany. It's really. I feel like it was out of character for me from yeah. what I remember. So, and I, I still, that's another one of these things here. Like I, they, they dropped the ball. They, they missed an opportunity here for good characterizations and a poor story that which would, could have brought the story around. So I, I think it was just a swing and miss all the way around on, on, on almost all the pyramid. 
yeah, they're, they're, there's not a lot else to say on the characters. Uh, I, I think they added way too many. Like, he was trying to throw in just all the villains, all the back catalog villains. He was trying to grab everybody. And then people, we don't know who they are. And apparently, we don't find out for 30 issues. Uh, or <laughs> or lo- but, longer. Or longer. But, uh, yeah, they, they, I, I like seeing the separation of Peter being responsible and Spider-Man being goofy. Like I like seeing a physical representation of the, of his two different kind of uh, character attributes, but yeah, they, they didn't get into it. I think we got one page of a 80s style montage of Peter going around being extra responsible, like paying parking meters or putting coins in parking meters for people and like trying to change a tire. Like it was one monologue. And then, yeah. You, you, and Spider-Man was kind of just doing goofy stuff throughout. And, uh, you know, and I even have one of my comments I wrote on the character section. Spider-Man without responsibility is a lot like Deadpool. I feel like this guy really wanted to write a Deadpool story and just couldn't get into the Deadpool. He's like, I'm going to make Spider-Man Deadpool. Uh, yeah. Because that's what it felt like. All, all, we're, all we're missing here is a slight costume change in katanas. And this is a Deadpool story. He needs some pouches. And you got Yeah, it. there you go. Needed some pouches. But, uh, you know, the, the other characters... Besides Boomerang got on my nerves, but they 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 were good. They had good characterizations, like Aunt May. I mean, totally buying her as Aunt May and stuff. But they didn't really have a lot of meaningful interactions so much. Aunt May did a little bit. She was disappointed in him or whatever. But she should have played a big role with that. Uh, and MJ, she was just kind of there to point obvious stuff out to him from time to time. She didn't really, you know, further the story or really help develop who he is without his superpowers. You know, once Peter without Spider-Man, she could have, they really could have worked with her and and done a lot of that stuff. And they left a lot of that out. But that's a missed opportunity because I mean, you think about how important MJ is to the overall Spider-Man story. And here, I mean, she's, I mean, I mean, she's a person whose cheese is not entirely on the cracker because the thing she does here doesn't make sense. I mean, like they've been together and apart over and over again. And suddenly it's like, he just shows up and he's like, yep, we're back. Like, nothing's resolved. Nothing's changed. And then, like, the whole reason that they have problems is because he won't stop being Spider-Man. And she doesn't want to be with all that danger and stuff. Now now that he's not Spider-Man, she's like, we know actually kind of, that's kind of what I liked about you. It's like, since when? <laughs> yeah. No, the, the, the characters didn't, they didn't work. Uh I said, if, if we'd pared down to just a couple of villains, we'd explored what makes Spider-Man tick, what makes Peter tick, and, and we'd have streamlined that story. It, it may have earned the Affleck I gave it. Uh, I think I just enjoy the juvenile humor more than you guys do. <laughs> so I, I was laughing at the jokes, Jamie, that you were rolling your eyes out. And I'm like, oh, that's pretty funny. Uh, well, you know, so, the, the thing is, though, you come into it not really reading any Spider-Man, so it, it, it was your first take on Spider-Man, so I guess you just assumed that's how it always is, kind of like a almost a Deadpool read, and that's why you enjoyed it so much. But uh, another point I was want to make before we got off the thing, but we was talking about villains, and uh, for characters, I was surprised by Mysterio. I kind of liked him in this one. I, I, the, his little storyline he had, like he's making one, going for the brass ring, he's saying, you know, I kind of like that, you know, just trying to make one, Big thing, take them all out, you know. And then in the courtroom, when he's talking to that guy, and then you can see he was scared, and he had already made a deal with this guy before to take out Spider Man. So you could see almost kind of like a another story within a story for him. Now, I thought, I wish honestly that this whole thing revolved around Mysterio and Spider Man. I wouldn't have cared about the split. 
I think they had a really good opportunity with the bug guy, Mysterio, and Spider-Man. Well, the MCU agreed with you. Yeah, I know. I mean, it made the movie. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> but that's, that's not the same Mysterio from the movie, though. That's what I was getting at. It's yeah. Like, Mysterio than I've seen before, and I've, I've seen a couple of them. Oh, there's, there's, I mean, Mysterio is an interesting character in the right hand. Yeah, I'm saying, I think, and I think he done pretty good with this. I, I think it's one of the few characters I thought he actually done really good with. That courtroom scene was probably the best yeah. thing in the book. That's all yeah, I, it I, was. I, like when you first meet Mysterio on the spaceship, and when he's talking to Spider-Man, Spider-Man's like, "Oh yeah, you're right." One big grand gesture. And that's when he kind of changed his his outlook, I guess, too. So he, Mysterio accidentally helped spider-man i just thought it was one of the few good characters that's one of the <clears throat> excellent person I wrote notes about was mysterio yeah I, I had a note on there that i liked mysterio uh i will say something i know i, I mentioned earlier i think we all agree that boomerang sucks and we hate him like, <laughs> he's, he's terrible like i think that's only that. nick spencer likes boomerang yeah. But I did appreciate seeing some of these B or C level villains that are always getting foiled and have the stupid plans. Like, what are they doing when they're not being terrible villains? They're terrible roommates. Like, I like <laughs> getting to see a little bit of what they're like when they're not in their stupid supervillain costumes. Like, I enjoyed seeing him being a bad roommate. I thought that was kind of opening. It makes sense. He's a bad villain. He's probably going to be a terrible person. He's a bad roommate. I, I thought that was funny. And that. And that doesn't go away for a long time. Like, Boomerang is, like, central to the Nick Spencer storyline here. And it's weird. Like, writers do. They get attached to these weird characters. Yeah. Like, Nick Spencer loves him some Boomerang. Tom King <laughs> loves Kite Man for some reason. Kite, I can't believe how important Kite Man is to the ba- Tom King's Batman run. It's crazy. <laughs> Kite Man. Anyway. You want to give us more? Yes. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? <laughs> All right, Sam, what's your best cover? Our uh, best cover is issue five, page 120. Oh, the Doug Anthony. Yeah, that's pretty good. The covers are all pretty good. There's not a lot of mouths on them. Yeah. Exactly. Well, back, that's, oh, that, that's a good one. Josh, did you have the same one? No, I didn't. I like oh, that you one smiled. You yeah. Had a, a smile and nod thing. That one was a good one. Uh, let me go back and see. I had. Uh, the big uh, two-page spread cover on page 15 for issue one. I, I know we had way too many characters, but I did like seeing all the villains there. Uh, it's, it's Spider-Man with Mysterio and Killer Croc and Craven and Venom and Sandman. You know, you, I, I, I thought it was cool seeing like the you know, collage I, I, of villains. I know it gets made fun of a lot, but I think the Mysterio character design is a really cool character design. Yeah, I agree. That's, I can't believe we all just agreed to that. You normally get made fun of for having a fishbowl on his head and stuff. But, um, so mine, mine is on page 59, cover two. And I just, I, I think the best thing that Ryan, Ryan Otley draws anywhere in this book is his, is his lizard. He, it, it looks just terrifying, even though he's not at the moment. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, I, and I had a runner up, uh, issue three on page 80. I like seeing Peter and Spider-Man kind of not getting along or being out of sorts. But it had a weird mouth. I couldn't pick it because Peter's face looks kind of weird. Uh, issue four wasn't bad. We'll just mention them all. Issue four wasn't bad either. <laughs> right. uh, <laughs> the variants were pretty good too. Yeah, what variant did you have, Sam? 
page 142. Uh, it's the... Oh, that's a good one. Bingo. It's the one I got to. That's You're wrong. I, lo- I love Jerome Opinion. That ain't the right answer there. I just like the shading and the color. It oh, it's not. Your, your typical comic yeah. style. It, it had a more artistic vibe to it. Which one did you pick, then, Jamie? Uh, that wasn't bad, and that's the runner-up to my right answer, which is on page uh, 148. It's the number one video game variant by Daryl Mandrake. That looks awesome. Almost looks like, looks like Clayton Crane. Yeah, but who's he fighting? That's why I didn't pick it. I don't know. I don't care. It looks awesome. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, that's that's for the Spider-Man. You can tell by the the white spider on the costume. That's from the new the video game that came out a few years back. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's probably a read. I think it's the shocker or something redesigned for the video game, but I just think that looks awesome. It looks so close to Clayton Crane that I couldn't pick anything else. No, I had it on there on my short list. All right, Josh, uh, who is your best character? Uh, I had a tie. Uh, I, I had Peter slash Spider-Man, I guess is who I'll go with. I like seeing their duality and seeing the personality split amongst two actual people. Right. Um, I'm a. <laughs> there's one more way that I'm a weirdo is I don't actually like Peter Parker all that much. He's not even my top three Spider people. <laughs> he might not be my top five. <laughs> now that I've read some Spider Man more, um, I went with Randy Robertson. I just felt bad for that guy. He's just surrounded by idiots. I mean, and was just this seemed like a level headed, just a good dude, you know. And he had to live with whatever's wrong with Boomerang. And Pete being a complete flake, I mean, nonstop. And he's just, you know, trudging along, not letting the world get him down. I just admired the guy. That, that's a good pick. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had two picks also. And uh, I, I wanted to pick Spider-Man. And I wanted to pick the Spider-Man when they were together, when he's one person, not the, the after split. I, I didn't want to get Deadpool Spider-Man. So I, I went for Spider-Man, but also picked up Runner because I figured everybody was going to pick Spider-Man or a Spider-Man. <laughs> you were wrong. <laughs> I was wrong. So I wanted to mention Mysterio again. I, I just really enjoyed Mysterio yeah. on this one. So, but, but Spider-Man before the split, when they were the same person. I like that. My, my runner-up was Boomerang, the guy you love to hate. <laughs> I just, it was like, you know, I was hate reading his sections. Like, I hated him so much. <laughs> When when he when he brought that Cheeto out so they could split that Cheeto and jump in the couch cushions, <laughs> I'd have slapped the Cheeto out of his hand and punched him in the face. I just, <laughs> just, worst roommate I, ever. Yeah, it was it was done so well. That, that was some of the best writing was to make Boomerang that hateable in that short a time. Like he was so disliked, just so quickly. You instantly was like, I hate Boomerang. So I thought I thought that was done pretty well. But it bled over. I hated more of it. <laughs> it just seeped through the whole pages, every panel. The, the hate just got everywhere. <laughs> I gave into my hate. You would have been proud of me. Yeah. Your lightsaber turned red, didn't it? I made it bleed. Uh, anyway, uh, best panel um, is on 67, pa- uh, panel one. Hotlake just does a great lizard, man. I don't know what I'm talking about, yeah. 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 That's all. I, I, I've i got no big awesome. It's not, there's no big powerful story moment. It's just the lizard looks awesome. 
Blizzard does look awesome. And then that, that that's a really good one. But I also picked another one because it's kind of a classic Spider-Man looking things. Page 112, first panel. Spider-Man kind of swinging through the city, but also he's got Peter stuck to his heel. I, I just I'd like I like the Spider-Man. That was my backup. Yeah. Yeah, and that's one of those ones where it's easy sometimes because Spider-Man is so flexible and acrobatic that his limbs sometimes go where normal people's limbs don't go, and it, it's really easy for it to look weird or abnormal. But like his leg, most people's legs don't fold that tight. They still looks. Natural, looks, you know, it, it doesn't look like out of place. I, I saw some stuff where Spider-Man just like your legs don't come off that angle and it looks like they shouldn't when they're drawn. <laughs> like, his stuff I like when they natural. draw Spider-Man all weird. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I do, too. But when it's done believably, sometimes, <laughs> sometimes, it, yeah. no, sometimes it doesn't look good. Like you're because it's, it's super important for believable proportions when your character is a guy who got his powers from bitten, being bitten by a radioactive spider. Anyway, we uh, there was so many good panels that I I had a hard time picking one. So then I just gave up trying to pick the best panel, and I went to one kind of a cop out. It's on page one hundred eight. It's Spider Man when they're talking about him going on his tour and making money, and he's got all the sponsor logos and stickers on his suit. And I just thought that was so. Goofy, yeah, which is so stupid that I picked that because I couldn't settle on all the other good panels. I was like, "Well, that one's just—you're never going to see that again. You're never going to see another panel of Spider-Man with sponsorship." We shouldn't have seen it once. I know that's why I picked it. (laughs) Embracing it, Josh. I think you and I want very different things from a (laughs) Spider-Man (laughs) book. Maybe. Spider Deadpool. Spider Pool. Spider Pool. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Josh just wants more Deadpool and stuff. That's all it is. He wants everything to be like Deadpool. It was just so ridiculous <laughs> because it was so out of character for Spider Man. I mean, when I saw it, I'm like, really? <laughs> it's so goofy. But I, I think I think Sam got it right exactly right earlier when he said that you know Nick's been wanting to write a Deadpool style story for Spider Man, and yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't want that. Um, all right, Sam, what's your best dialogue? All right, so I don't know why I just realized what I've done with all my awards and stuff. It's a Mysterio dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> I like. We Mysterio. know what Sam liked in this one. I did. I enjoyed Mysterio. Anyway, so so he's in the courtroom and he's like he's standing up there. He didn't want a lawyer. And he's like ah Mysterio. So he's doing his big monologue thing and the judge interrupts him and. Uh, I understand you elected to represent yourself despite the court's strenuous advice to the contrary. That's right. Mysterio does not take notes. It's fine, but I'm telling you, it's not time for your opening statement in the Mysterio's monologue. I just love that he's, like, he's doing the villain monologue in the courtroom. <laughs> and he says monologue. I just I left that part. <laughs> I thought that was the low point of that scene. <laughs> I got he's like in the courtroom with his fist up talking, you know, doing his villain monologue in the courtroom. All right, Josh, what's your best dialogue? 
right. well, get ready to get mad again because again, I think I went with the best Deadpool dialogue in a Spider-Man <laughs> comic. It was because uh, it's so out of character for Peter, like you said, he's a scientist and stuff. But it's on page eighty-nine when they finally catch up and they're in their rigorous scientific testing to find out if they are the same person and they play rock paper scissors three times in a row. I just thought it was funny they called that their rigorous testing and it all checked out. It, was, <laughs> it all checks out. <laughs> It was so goofy and stupid. I, I, I couldn't help but laugh when I read that because that's such a Deadpool scene. That's such a Deadpool thing to happen. And, and I laughed when I read it. So I'm pretty sure it says Spider-Man on the cover, though. It does. But I couldn't help Stop. it. Oh, that that scene really hurt me. I know it did. I heard uh, you talking about it earlier. I remembered. And I was like, oh, man, that's my best dialogue. He's going to roll his eyes at me. Peter invented the web fluid. He's a smart guy. He's a scientist. He's a smart feller. Anyway, mine is on page 109, and it's the, the when Aunt May tries to give him money in his birthday card like six months early. Um, <laughs> that that that's a that's a great that's a you know grandma kind of thing to do, and I thought that was pretty believable. Although she wanted to play online poker, <laughs> still yeah. even worked some dumb into the the good stuff. <laughs> but I, but I, I liked it, you know. Uh, it was, it was a sweet moment with, between Ant Man and Pete. Yeah, I'm not reading it though. Uh, Josh, what's your best full page spread? There were quite a few, and, and several of them were good. Uh, I'm with Sam. I like the Mysterio stuff, uh, and I like that courtroom scene. And so I picked uh, page 52. It's when you see the big purple dude, the bug dude. At, uh, when he's, uh, I'm assuming that was still a hallucination that he was just in Mysterio's head. But it's the first time you get the full big reveal uh, of this big bad that he's going to be a big part of the story. And I just thought he looked really cool. He kind of reminded me of Mumra a little bit. Yeah, I can see that. He looks like he's kind of wrapped up. Okay, there's a right answer that I'm not going to pick because I hate the Tri-Sentinels. Um, so I'm going to go with page 58. It's the lizard at the whiteboard. It just looks so awesome. That's my runner up. So I, I, that was a really good one. Yeah. Yeah. I like, just, that one. I like the, I like Mysterio. Yeah. What was your same? So mine was on page 21 and it's when everybody's there. All the Avengers and everybody. I really like that. Two page spread. Yeah, if you actually get, dig down into it and look at it, that's some really good art. That's Thor. The thing looked really good in that one. I mean, yeah, got, Old Man Logan. Yeah, Old Man Logan. You know, I don't think they done that good on him, honestly. But yeah, I mean, you got Gambit. I mean, I thought Thor and Captain America looked really good. The thing. I mean, there's a lot of characters in there that he done really good with. Okay. The right, the right, the right answer is one none of us picked, and I, I, it's the right answer, and I knew it. I didn't want to pick it because it's a bunch of the Tri-Sentinels, but it's on page one eighteen. So Mendel, yeah. Mendelstrom sees the Tri-Sentinel Master Mold in the background. They're all a bunch of them are flying toward him. It looks awesome. I hate the Tri-Sentinels, so I didn't pick it. But that's the, that's <laughs> the actual right answer. What page? One eight, one nineteen. Yeah, I see it. to take the trust signals. Anyway. <laughs> we, uh, I think we're starting to realize that. <laughs> so dumb. 
so uh, our last award is best slash worst joke dealer's choice, whichever direction you want to go. And mine, um, I have, you could probably guess which direction I'm going. It's on page 110. And it is the, I'm going worst joke. And it's the Uber hero ride service thing where Spider-Man is, is flying people around for money. Like, like he's, you know, Uber on his back. And it's Uber hero. Yeah, it was. It's bad. Um, yeah, I, there was a lot of, you know, pain sighing, eye rolling, groaning. That one made me a little angry. It was so dumb. Yeah, My, that, I actually had that one. I, I thought about that one for a little while. I was like, eh, that's pretty bad. <laughs> but I also done another one I thought was kind of laughed and then I kind of didn't because they <laughs> it started out pretty good with the cause this one Taskmaster and that black ant are attacking and he's getting all kinds of little quibs at him and stuff and then uh he loses it a little bit and towards the end it's like oh y'all don't work together good blah blah, blah. talking about he's gonna give him a good score so like I'll take one away take a point away or whatever that says at least from where I'm standing you two look pretty close and he smashes your heads together. I was like, really? <laughs> he had he had all that he had all the other pretty good stuff going, you know, and then he kind of ruins it with the end for me. I hate what he's done to Ta- Taskmaster is a great villain and he's scary. Unless Nick Spencer is writing the story and then he's just goofy. I don't like when Taskmaster is goofy. And he gets beat up incredibly easy. Yeah, this sh- that should not be a thing. No, it's not a thing. That, that that would never happen. He never got shot in the butt with darts and stuff. I, I didn't like. All right, Josh, what made you laugh so hard you cried? <laughs> All of it, the whole thing. <laughs> uh, His ribs still hurt. Yeah, there was a lot of stupid ones. I had the one where he's, you know, it's your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. Ignore the shattering glass. I'm still friendly. Like he done this whole little spiel. He done it twice though. I was like, that was pretty. That was pretty over the top stupid. Uh, I really wanted to double pick and do the same thing for two awards. The rock, paper, scissors. I, I couldn't help but laugh at that. Still, <laughs> I laughed at that. That was that was that was good. So I just double pick. We'll we'll out this week. Yeah. Sure. It was it was my best dialogue and my worst joke all at the same time. <laughs> it was your best joke. Don't lie. Yeah, best joke. <laughs> it's kind of but what do you do when you meet yourself? Like rock, paper, scissors. It's such a classic trope. You see any kind. You see like twins or something like that. There's, there's rock, paper, scissors gets involved in that clone shenanigan stuff. So I thought it was funny. <laughs> I'm more amused at your enjoyment of the scene than I was at the actual scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh! You want to cast this thing? Yes. Yep. All right. Sam, who is your Peter Parker slash Spider-Man? All right, so actually, I lean more towards Peter Parker than I did Spider-Man, and it's after they split. So that's kind of who I cast for. And I, I cast Joe Carey. I thought he'd be pretty interesting as Peter Parker. You mean Carey, Joe Carey from Stranger Things? Joe Carey, my bad. Yeah. Uh, bingo, I'm with you. That's who I cast. Kind of got the right look, kind of, you know, kind of slender. I kind of... I kind of think I, I I like same as Peter Parker. Yeah, and and he does downtrodden pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And I could see okay. Pete getting reduced to having to sling ice cream. I mean, yeah, 
Yeah. Uh, go, go, from, go from King Steve to slinging ice cream. I can see that happening, you know, to Pete. Awesome. Me and Jamie won. What you got, Josh? What's your wrong answer? Uh, I was going for the goofier Spider-Man role, and I went with Dave Franco. I started to say Ryan Reynolds because we're casting for Deadpool, <laughs> let's be honest. But then I didn't. No, no we wouldn't allow it because uh, he's already played Deadpool. That, that would have been a cheat. But I went with Dave Franco because he, he can do the goofy, stupid stuff. But then, you know. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah. All right. All right. Josh, who, who, who's your worst roommate ever, Boomerang? No. <laughs> uh, James Franco. <laughs> gotta have a punchable face. Uh, but they're in pretty good shape because they are super villains. I went with Zach Efron. I think he'd totally do the smug villain guy, but I can see him being obnoxious roommate eating Cheetos at five in the morning playing video <laughs> games super loud. I would have buy him I'd buy him doing that scene. Yeah. I was gonna say, did you say uh, he didn't have to do that yeah, 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 basically. <laughs> Oh, yeah. oh, okay. I've got the right answer. You don't know who he is, but I've got the absolute right answer. Have, you, have you, either of you seen the show Letterkenny? No. Okay. His name. The guy's name is Dylan Playfair. He plays Riley, the long-haired blonde hockey guy, Letterkenny. Okay. He's in, he's in good shape. He could do the you know the the you know the super villain spandex stuff. Um, but. He's got a punchable face, and he does annoying jerk like to a T. Yep, I just looked him up, and he rivaling Josh Lucas for punchable face. <laughs> Dude, they make you lock him by the by the you know pretty deep into the show. They make, it's they like can somebody, come around on him. But. It's like if we were like let's genetically design somebody that everybody who sees them will want to punch them in the face. <laughs> you came out with Dylan Playfair. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, same who'd you have? I I like both y'all's answers, honestly. Because uh, I actually even thought about Zach Efron for a while, then I, I, I marked him out because I pick him a lot because I actually think he's a pretty good actor. But anyway, so I went with Evan Peters. He was Quicksilver in uh, yeah. first class. I thought he'd be pretty good as Boomerang. Is he kind of good? Yeah. Yeah. That's not bad. Okay, uh, so I'm up next on Mary Jane Watson, and I have a tie that I have to break right now. Um, and so the only thing that really matters in this story is your ability to be conventionally attractive and say nonsense in Peter's presence. I'm going to go with Karen Gillan. Already got the red hair. She's yeah. ready. Yeah. I've seen her on Doctor Who. She can say nonsense believably into the camera. <laughs> uh, that's not bad. Right. So for mine, I don't, your answer was really good. So for mine, y'all probably have to pull out old Google here. Her name is Elnor Tom Wilson. I think that's her name. It's T-O-M-I-L-L-I-N-S-O-N. And she's got to look, and she's been in some, a little bit of stuff. She's actually been in quite a few movies and Who stuff. Who is this again? Is it Tomlinson? Yeah, Tomlinson. Eleanor Tomlinson. Okay. I thought you said Elmore. I'm like, that's a weird name for a girl, but, you know, whatever. Oh. I, I'm, I'm a dude named Jamie. I'm not going to throw stones. <laughs> <laughs> you shouldn't. But no, she's got to look, uh, like you said, and I've not really seen her or anything, so. 
Yeah, I mean, just based on looks alone, she looks like she could, you know, be the Mary Jane Watson type role. That's what I figured. Yeah. And it's a paper thin role. It'll be fine. I mean, Josh, who'd you have? You got it. I've got a Ali Tobrin. Spelled like Corbin, but reverse the R and B Tobrin. You'll have to look her up. Uh, she she was in that movie Neighbors with uh, Zac Efron. Oh, you talking about yeah? She played one of the fraternity girls. Was a sorority girl. But it wasn't a sorority. She was just hanging out at their fraternity house. So she may not have been uh, in a sorority. I got you. Yeah. Okay. Not right, a super cool. deep role. I wasn't working yeah. too hard on that one. Yeah, no, it, it didn't. It didn't deserve it. <laughs> um. Okay. Uh, next up is Doc Connors slash the Lizard. Uh, Sam, there's lots of directions you can go here. I, I went with the scientist teacher guy. Uh, I thought the I picked Matt Damon. I thought he'd be interested in that role. After I've seen The Martian, him playing the scientist kind of guy. Can I do the role reversal? I mean, in, in a, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on our dad's favorite movie. What's the name of that movie? It was his like first big role. Ben Affleck was in it. Robin Williams. Oh, Good Will Hunting. Yeah, I don't know. How that, it, I guess it's been a long day. Um, but yeah, he's kind of doing the role reversal. He was the student. Now he's going to be the Robin Williams guy. Yeah. See that? That'd be fun. All right, Josh, who is your Doc Connors slash the lizard? Okay, I've got Brian Husky. Of course you do. You Everyone does. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead. You guys aren't going to pick up. I'm doing a theme pick. I am casting everybody from Neighbors. Because <laughs> I had Dave Franco and Zac Efron were my first two picks. And then once I was pulling that up, and I was like, oh, yeah, they were in Neighbors together. And then I was looking at that cast. I said, I'm just rolling with that. That way I don't have to put a lot of effort into this. <laughs> I just put a lot of everything. Full right. full transparency. <laughs> Once I had those two, I was like, I'm just going to pick everybody off this cast list and call it a day. So, I'm I'm doing kind of a theme cast myself. I'm pay I'm I'm just picking people who are funny. Like I want I'm like, well, if we're doing this story as a movie, we've just got to ratchet up to funny. Um, and so I'm just trying to find people who be like the funniest person for this role. And so for Doc Connors slash the Lizard, I went with Charlie Day. <laughs> just picture him on the whiteboard uh the guy with the the kaiju tats in you know pacific rim that kind of scientist as doc connors <laughs> yeah he's like five foot two and then he turns into this giant nine foot tall 400 pound lizard that, that makes it funny even better yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and karen karen gillen is really if you've seen like doctor who like she's not funny as nebula there's no room for a whole lot of funny in the nebula role there's a little bit of moments in her and her sister but not a lot. On on Doctor Who, she's funny. Um, Dylan Playfair is hilarious as the dumb hockey jock. Uh, so I'm just trying to I'm trying to ratchet. I'm trying to actually make this story work by ratcheting up the funny in the cast. And so yeah, so that's why Charlie Day is Doc Connors. My cast kind of went that way. I mean, I, I cast for my whole cast was in Neighbors, which was not by any means a serious movie. So. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, who is your Randy slash Ron Robbie Robertson, Josh? <laughs> Well, I cast for Robbie Robertson, the person you put on the list to cast for, uh, who was Peter Parker's boss. <laughs> and uh, I cast uh, Hannibal Burris. From Neighbors. 
for neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> He's been in several other things. He was in that movie. Uh, did y'all ever watch Tag? About the uh, group of adults. No, but I saw the trailers and wanted to watch it. It was actually really funny. Uh, and he's in it. He 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 plays a good role. I think he would have fun still in Peter's you know special office chair. Like, <laughs> those scenes would be funny with him. So, well, um, the reason I introduced this the way I did was because I thought Randy Roberts' name was Robbie, even though he was my best character. <laughs> yeah, I thought he was Robbie Robertson Jr. <laughs> And so I'm casting for Robbie Robertson Jr., who's not a person. Renzi Feliz. He played <laughs> Alex Wilder on The Runaways. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a good one. Is he old enough to be Peter Parker's boss? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you're casting for his roommate or something. <laughs> All right, Sam, who did you cast for Robbie Robertson Jr., who's not a person? for <laughs> Randy. <laughs> <laughs> I was confused like Jamie also. <laughs> uh, so I picked uh, John Boyge, I guess that's how his name. He's Finn from Star Wars. Boyega. Boyega, yeah. Boyge. Boyega. <laughs> <laughs> Close. I'm tired, okay? Whatever. Yeah, so yeah, it- Finn. It's Sam, Sam behind a little bit behind the curtain here. In Sam's defense, this is our, we're already pa- we're having to record super late. We're way past his bedtime, so you get a complete pass on John Boyge, <laughs> <laughs> which is going to be his name from now on. Like, name cast the wrong person. I said the guy. I cast. <laughs> oh, yeah, neither one of the names were right for you on that one. Nailed that one, but I think he would have been good as the son, though, as Randy. Yeah, that that's really that's better than mine. Yeah. I win. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We've got to record late from now on. Uh, <laughs> all right, so uh, our last up is our special wild card slot, and I'm gonna cast for Mendelstrom. And remember, the whole point I'm trying to ratchet up the funny. So in my version of this movie, Mendelstrom is the villain. This whole story is going to revolve around the villainy of Mendelstrom. And I'm casting John Leguizamo as Mendelstrom. Oh, Think about good. the scenery that dude could chew as Mendelstrom. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny because I thought about Mendelstrom and I was thinking Steve Buscemi. Crazy eyes. <laughs> <laughs> that wouldn't be bad either. That's <laughs> uh, what I was thinking, but I actually went a different route. I went with uh, Aunt May. And uh, for Aunt May, I kept saying Holly Hunter for some reason. When they had her drawn, I could see Holly Hunter doing Aunt May. A different little take on it. Yeah, that's not bad. All right, uh, Josh. All right, well, I thought I wasn't going to be alone in this one after the uh, first part of the show. I thought Sam was going to cast for Mysterio as well. But I got a kick out of him in issue one. Uh, so and I'm going Andy Samberg. I can see him up there in front of that judge, just railing on, doing a monologue, being so full of himself, making no sense. Uh, but then uh, he's a good actor. Like when when the purple guy comes and gets him, like I totally buy him as you know being scared and and pleading for his life. Like I think he can do both parts of that. But yeah, I really want to see him with that giant fishbowl on his head, just talking a whole bunch of nonsense. I was getting ready to say, I have a bonus pick. Andy Samberg as Mysterio. I'm, I'm exactly with you. 
<laughs> well, you know, I mentioned I did my theme pick. So I'm just scrolling through the cast list for Neighbors, and I see Andy Samberg. I'm like, oh, he would make a perfect Mysterio. And if you wanted to do a Brooklyn Nine-Nine uh, ca- uh, theme pick, Andre Brower would be a good Robbie Robertson. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't even think about him. Okay, well, we're done uh, smacking the Spider-Man story around again. Uh, <laughs> except for Josh, who loved it. Um, but the uh, so, uh, so elsewise on the uh, network this week, we've got on uh, Nerds in a Half Shell, we're going to be reviewing uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles number three. Um, on Nerds of the Round Table, We've, we're beginning Spielberg Month. We reviewed Jaws this week. And on Zafram, uh, we reviewed Sweet Tooth, 17 and 18. Big stuff happening in the Sweet Tooth world on those issues. Uh, and so our next pick on this show is one we are pulling up now very clumsily. Uh, we're gonna, so for uh, to tie into the Black Widow movie that's finally being released, we're going to be reading uh, and reviewing next week Black Widow colon Itsy Bitsy Spider. And here is the comicsology summary. Natasha Romanoff has always led an exciting life. First as a Cold War era Soviet spy, followed by her defection to the West. She's earned a reputation through the years as a consummate professional, coldly efficient, and as deadly as her namesake. Now her time as Black Widow may be at an end. Yelena Belova, the new Black Widow, seeks to claim the mantle she feels was stolen from her motherland. Trained in the arts of espionage and combat and anxious to prove herself and eliminate her counterpart, Belova will stop at nothing to achieve her goal. The battle of the two widows rages from the deserts of the Middle East to, the new, to New York's Upper West Side. When the smoke clears, will either be left standing? Bigum. Yeah, I'm excited about it. And it's, it's written by Greg Rucka, so it's going to be good. Better than the Should nonsense be. we read this week. <laughs> I guess I wasn't done beating up on Spider-Man, sorry. <laughs> I bet there's not going to be any rock, paper, scissors in this one. <laughs> very, very low ratio. <laughs> yeah, when the two Black Widows meet, there will be no rock, paper, scissors. That's how they're going to settle their dispute. <laughs> That's how like, who wins that? If there's one panel, somebody played rock, paper, scissors in this thing, I'm, I'm going to quit podcasting. Just, I'm, I'm done. <laughs> Never again. I'm going to put my microphone in the garbage. Anyway, I think we're done here, guys. I think so. Salute. See ya. Good night. Goodbye, Belgium and Portugal. Just to clarify, the roommate's name is Randy Robertson, son of Robbie uh, Robertson, my boss. So. I thought he was Robbie Robertson Jr. Josh is 100% right. He's yeah, even more Randy. right than I thought he was. <laughs>